And welcome back to Texas Sports Nation. I'm Jonathan Alexander here with Brooks Cabina. And Brooks, you know, uh, for a second, I thought that the Texans had turned the corner and then we get that 31 to 3 beatdown that the Jaguars handed to them. Yep. I was a little bit surprised. The players were a little surprised. Well, what'd you think? Well, that was not the same Jaguars as week four, for sure. Um, I, I picked them to win, but not by that much. Um, I did think there'd be some uh, new look from Tre- Trevor Lawrence, who's been on quite a tear lately, and him and Doug Peters had done really well. But no, I didn't expect them to flop like that. And at that point, it has really given a lot of clarity about the team and an overview of picture. Um, I mean, playing close with the Chiefs and the Cowboys and being the Titans that you know gave Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton even a lot of uh, chances to show that maybe they should stick around in 2023. And that one's just probably the worst loss they've had this year in terms of timing and what it can do for long-term ramifications. But they got the Colts coming up. And uh, if, if they continue in that way, I think it's brought some clarity to the situation. Um, I mean, I think uh, this, this team over the course of the year has kind of made Made, made it clear who they are. And, uh, you know, uh, what's interesting to me is that Trevor Lawrence was sat down in the third quarter. It's the third time the Texans, this has happened to them. I mean, the Rams did it last year. Tua did it earlier this year with the Dolphins. And now you've got Trevor Lawrence sitting in the third. That's just not a situation where you want to, where you want to be in as a team. So it's just simply, um, where's the competitive nature of this? Is it, uh, you know, is it, is it the team? Is it, is it, uh, the offense is at the quarterback. I think all of it's kind of the above right now, and I think it kind of signals a change. What do you think? Before this game, the Texans had mostly avoided those blowout losses. Sure, you had the 30-15 to 15 loss to the Dolphins, but you know they somewhat made it a two-score game, and they hadn't been beaten by more than 18 points all year, and that was against the Raiders. And even then, that wasn't really a blowout. Uh, I mean, well, they got blowout in the fourth quarter, but – you know, these were the type of losses that Levy Smith and company had hoped to avoid if they wanted a chance to kind of keep their job. And and now you have this. And, uh, you know, if you look at fans on social media, fans you talk to, you know, wherever around Houston and most want to change. And, and it, it, it uh, you know, I've been kind of consistent with this. It's hard to, you know, look at your fan base and. And, and talk to your owner and say, hey, we're going to go with, you know, Lovey Smith again when the record is 2-13-1 and, and you have blowout loss on your record. It's just not a good look. I, you know, I wrote that it wasn't a good look for Lovey Smith. And I just think he's going to have a tough argument in, in, in trying to make a case to bring him back. I just don't think it's there. I think what you're seeing is you – know, a lot of teams probably like you got the Broncos and the Colts looking for a coach insert um looking for a coach. And, you know, I think the pressure will be on the the Texans to make a a move soon. Um so yeah, I just think the the, the direction things are headed. I don't I don't know what Levy Smith could do to kind of keep his job. I I think I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I think he's a, a good coach. The defense has played well, but overall there just hasn't been enough to kind of show like, hey. You know, this is where we're heading. I think there needs to be some more. It just seems like there needs to be some more, uh, you know, direction. And uh, yeah, so. I, I think the other part of this too is I asked 
Uh, we talked to Lovey Smith on Monday, and I wanted to ask him it in this way because, I mean, this is a team that he's been a part of since the beginning of its rebuild. I mean, he was hired after um, Bill O'Brien was fired as the defensive coordinator for the Texans, and you know, whenever Deshaun Watson uh, was uh, sidelined by the civil lawsuits that came against him, and he spent that weird season behind the scenes, and Nick Casario was in his first year, they overhauled the entire roster, and Lovey was the defensive coordinator. And then whenever David Culley was fired, Here's Lovey Smith who gets promoted. He's now the head coach. They go into another year of another overhaul roster. This is not a competitive team. Was not expected to be a competitive team. So I I really wanted to know from his perspective what was a realistic expectation for this team. Asked him that today, and he said it's, you know, it's uh you know, it's a hard question to answer. He's, he said, I think when you say realistic goals, that's a hard question. Your realistic goal is you come in and you try to win every game. So this team could not be tied to wins, in my opinion. It, it they could be two thirteen and one. They could be four, you know, four four and thirteen again, like last year. Um, really, the main part of this is looking at how how are players developing, how are you know how's the offense doing, and that's why I really spelled out in the story on Sunday. You know, Pep Hamilton's offense in totality is averaging fewer yards per drive. It's less efficient than, than Tim Kelly's last year. So that 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 shows regression. For Lovey and the defense, you've mentioned it. I mean, part of the thing with the team this year is that they're a little bit more competitive. Um, whenever they start getting blown out like that on Sunday, that definitely flips the tide on that. I think when you look at, he didn't really answer specifics of what details, which I would have, you know, liked to have known about what, what were they, what were they looking at specifically throughout the year that would, show that he could remain being the head coach over time. But if, if they're in position to win and they aren't doing it, and there are some uh, other coaches that might be able to get more out of these next players, this next round of free agents and rookies, um, you're seeing the team that added more this year. Lovey had some chances. Uh, Pep had some chances with an, a refresh deck for a second year. Those little isolated incidents just within the containment and expectation of this team, I think they – didn't live up to the expectations, like player-wise. You think of how Brandon Cooks played this year, how Davis Mills played this year, how the defense played for a large portion of the year. I mean, Jalen Petrie and uh, a lot of players are getting interceptions and such, but like that the safeties are leading the team in tackles is another indictment of the defense. I mean, they've they've played okay with Chiefs and the Cowboys and and get helping get the win against the Titans, but we've seen a lot of explosive plays in the defense especially in the run game. We saw those again uh, with the Jaguars. So even when set in the backdrop of what the realistic expectations of what this team was, I think they've underachieved. I mean, you look at a particular, you know, if you look on the defensive side of the ball, the run defense has just been horrible, even with the improvements that they've made. You know, they went from like historically bad to still really bad. I mean, they still can't stop the run. Travis Etienne had, what, 109 yards or 108 yards? Yeah, they pulled up. Yeah, in the first half. A yard touchdown run. Yeah. In the first half, he didn't even run in the second half. I mean, Kansas City, who is not a running team, had a huge game against them. Um, You know, they just can't stop the run. And, um, you know, that's led to a lot of their problems on defense. And I think they have a lot of holes. So I think it it definitely is fair to suggest that Levy Smith didn't walk into the best situation. Um, You know, there, there wasn't talent, a lot of talent and a lot of pieces and identity. But you mentioned it. I didn't see this Texans team last year. You know, Levy Smith is 
you know, he's the overseer of this team. And um, this team was bad offensively, historically bad running the ball. And they still took a step back right. um, on offense. And even though Lovey Smith doesn't do the offense, he's still responsible. He's still the head coach and he's the overseer of you know, what happens on the field. Yeah, and Nick Casario on some of the blame, too. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Nick Casario definitely, um, you know, deserves some of the blame. You know, when you talk to players around a locker room, you know, they, they also have questions. He he was responsible for putting the product, for getting the right pieces, and, and they were certainly in a bad salary cap situation. So, you know, he can point to those as well. But, you know, it's not all on Lovey Smith's fault. You know, he, like I said, he didn't walk into the best situation possible and i'm sure that there there were other moves that they could have made i i know this offseason is is definitely going to be huge i don't see a situation where the texans move on from casario however this offseason you know if they don't if that stands back eyes will be on him for the future he's got a six-year contract he's in year two of that and he had the security and the finance from cal mcnair and the trust to go ahead and wipe the deck clean on the roster, the coaching staff, everything. Start over. Start over. And, I mean, last these, these past two years, when you think about the players that have been added, um, I mean, the, that first year, um, we're talking about players that were secured for a longer period of time. Guys like Christian Kirksey, Malik Collins. This, the last two years have been basically about trying to find those core players that are a part of the larger team once they start adding the 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 really explosive players that help make a team a playoff and a deep postseason kind of team. So that's that's the security that Casario is going to have is that in the last offseason, you think of guys they've added like Steven Nelson, the draft picks, they're still going to play out and it's going to take a lot, many more years to really figure out whether these players are busts or not or whether they're going to be good or not, whether they're going to be long-term staples of this organization. So just by that nature, Nick Casario's job is going to have a lot more security uh, than Lovey Smith because Cal McNair didn't hire Lovey Smith to guide the team into the next era of competitiveness. Like Nick Casario was the guy the Texans wanted. Cal McNair and his father, Bob McNair, wanted three times before he came to the Texans. So they're going to give him a lot more trust and a lot more time to do what he needs. Um, but he may be undone by his coaching decisions. Um, it, it, to to spend and we we go back and forth on this, uh, definitely over the past couple of weeks, reminding this situation. But when you fire David Coley and you spend three weeks looking for someone else, and you end up promoting your defensive coordinator, who you know was coaching Illinois earlier and been fired and wasn't finding a spot in the NFL, now you're in a spot where you're going to fire him again, fire another coach and one and done, and then. You, you're right. Like There is going to be more attention on Casario because if he can't get that coaching staff right, then that's going to be the ultimate thing because now he's going to have his second year of the Deshaun Watson picks and you have the free agency there. If they do indeed pick their quarterback, that's going to be the most important pairing at all. Who's going to be coaching this guy? You think about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer that whole and, and Daryl Bevel, that whole connection together, that could have been... they. The Jaguars and uh, Shahid Khan said, you know what? No, nah, we're, we're moving on from this whole this situation. And Trent Baalke was able to keep his job, so maybe Casero can last another year if it doesn't work. It'll be interesting to see what kind of staff he puts together because Casario is so involved with the team that, you know, 
it's going to take a certain type of coach to want to work with this team. So um, that's why I think if we talked about Sean Payton last week a bit, uh, but <laughs> no, 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 he's, he's, he's the guy that really likes to have control of the team too. So um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see once we get into the off season, what, what, what things might work there. But I mean, that number one overall pick would be a very nice thing to dangle in front of, coaches that might be apprehensive of coming to a Texans environment that has fired three coaches in three years. Um, and, uh, you know, on Sunday, we'll see if they secure it. And we talked with Lovey a little bit about that. I mean, what was you, you asked about that last week, where do you get this team is in terms of viewing the number one overall pick and their efforts to go for it or not? I think Lovey had an interesting, you know, answer even today. You know, he said, regardless of whether it's number one or number two pick, you know, they believe they're going to get a great player regardless, or they have a great chance to get a great player regardless. And, and, and that's true. Um, however, uh, you know, they're battling with the Bears, who I don't think will take a quarterback first overall if they were to pick first. And I, I don't know where the the Texans are landing. My opinion is they need to take a quarterback. They need to take Bryce Young, or if they fall in love with C.J. Stroud, or or – if they think Will Levis is that guy, I think they need to take a quarterback automatically because I think these the quarterbacks in this class have the potential to be franchise quarterbacks. And I think you need a franchise quarterback if you want to be a serious franchise. I don't I don't disagree. Unless you just got Kyle Shanahan as your coach. I'm maybe not as big on some uh, as the entire quarterback class as a whole. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud looks really good, but seeing him under pressure sometimes, he kind of gets panicky. Bryce Young is to me, the number one overall quarterback. Easy. Yeah. And when, when Lovey Smith was saying, uh, when I asked him about that today, you mentioned, he's like, well, I like the number one overall pick, but how about the number two overall pick? Could that help us? How about the number three? Basically, what he was saying is that any of the top three picks, which they're definitely going to secure, is going to help this team eventually in the long run. But when you have a chance to get the guy you want, I mean, that's got to mean something, right? I mean, you don't, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to worry about the Bears trading to the Seahawks, the Colts, all these other teams that might pick a quarterback and not the Bears. Exactly, and that was the point I was going to make. You don't want to worry. Somebody might be desperate. Teams have been desperate enough to trade up, and then you would lose out on that guy you want. Seahawks got all these draft picks from the, the exactly. Broncos. Exactly. You have the number one pick. You uh, can choose who you want. So I have a solution, Brooks, and you tell me what you think about the solution. Okay, let's sure. doesn't want to tank. He wants his players to play hard. One thing he can do, because I think we've seen what we've seen from Davis Mills. Oh, you're going to say Kyle Allen come in or Jeff Driscoll play? I, I say you start Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we know that Jeff Driscoll's not better than Davis Mills. We do know that, yeah. However... It won't look like you're tanking if you play Jeff Driscoll because you start him. Oh, come on. Everybody would know. You, you throw Jeff Driscoll out there. I, I, Oh, man. I don't know. You play your best. You, you see what happens. And it's probably going to be a loss. But so be it. You get the, you secure the number one pick. But at least you didn't, like, just do crazy stuff out there like some teams have done to tank for number one player. So I, I think that's really the only solution. I mean. Okay. You can't just like. I like it. I like. I like the concept. It's it's it's, it's the only way to not to not really look like you're tanking. Still play hard, 
But make sure you secure that number one pick. I, I think they gotta have it. They gotta secure that number one pick in some in some way. Well, that's not gonna happen. I don't think it's, it's not. I mean, they're starting Jeff Driscoll. Pep Hamilton's gonna want to keep his job, so you gotta keep. He's gonna try and pick the guys he wants out there. But look, the Colts and the Texans tie each other in the week one with Davis Mills starting. Okay, obviously mm-hmm. they had a big lead to start, but the Colts have been a disaster lately. But it's the teams that have embarrassed the Texans too, like the Giants, the Chargers, well, not the Cowboys, but like you know they 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 were competitive against the Vikings. I don't I don't think it's all but a guarantee that if the Texans try their very best that they win this game. Yeah, I mean maybe they tie again. Who knows? And they get to secure the number one overall pick. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I think they will win. You think they'll win? If they play Davis Mills, I think they're gonna win. I think the Colts are that bad. I don't know. I think the Colts have given up. Uh, uh, well, they're, they're they're playing Sam Ellinger. They're making another quarterback change themselves. Nick Foles isn't playing, and Sam Ellinger has looked good at times, but obviously not good enough because they've been rotating him out. So uh, it's just so up in the air, man. Especially after the Jaguars made hash of the Texans on Sunday. I don't think there's any guarantee that they win. They tried tried their best at it. The other thing, the other thing that maybe the Texans can count on. You look at the Bears. Maybe the Bears win against the Vikings. The Vikings are what twelve and four. Yeah, have they? Uh, they haven't locked up the number one overall seed, have they? That's a good question. I was wondering about that. I think they have a chance. Let's look at the NFC Center. I think they have a chance to lock up the number one seed, and that would mean. Okay, so here it is. We got we got we got the Vikings twelve and four. And the 49ers are twelve and four, and the Eagles are thirteen and three. Okay, so they'd have to win, and the Eagles to lose, and the 49ers too. So never mind, forget that. The Bears are going to lose. <laughs> the Bears are definitely going to lose. Okay, man, it's going to come down to the Texans. All right, so you think well in the that that's worse off for the Texans for sure because the Bears are definitely in the position where like okay, say you're the Seahawks. And you say, okay, I'll give you number three, and I'll give you a, a first rounder from twenty twenty four to move up. Mm-hmm. The Bears are going to take all that stuff because they've got their quarterback, and they're going to take as many first round picks as they can. You, you put that in like the the Colts, which would have to pay a higher price to go from five to one. Yeah, that is not optimal at all. So then you're definitely in the position of like, okay, well, do you feel as good about Stroud as you do Young, or vice versa? Do you? I think. From people who I talked to today for the story that I'm writing, they like Stroud. They think Stroud has the potential to be a franchise-type quarterback. Young, they like Young better, but they like Stroud too. So I I don't think I'd be totally heartbroken um, if I'm the Texans and I got Stroud. But I definitely want the best guy who I could possibly get who could potentially change my franchise. So in that case, you know, they need to lose this game, but if they don't lose this game, I guess it's not totally bad. So Casario's been known to trade around in the first round, okay? I think this might actually be likely, where the Texans are in a situation where they're like, okay, well, they took our guy number one. Let's say it's Bryce Young. They might try and so say who's, who's in a worse uh, quarterback situation. The Colts, the Seahawks, the Texans. If they don't feel as big about Stroud, would they accept a deal where they get another first-round pick? I mean, the Texans have a lot of stuff they need to fix across the team. Could they then say, you know what, let's build out the rest of the team 
spend another offseason. Maybe they keep love. I mean, if, if they end up winning, and you know you're not getting the number one overall pick, you keep Lovey knowing you're going to maybe trade out of that pick and then build more on the defensive side. Maybe it's Will Anderson, maybe it's not. Your strategy shifts dramatically if you're not at number one, in my opinion. So that can affect a lot of things. So like anything about the evaluation of this team, it really is true. Casario and the you know, McNair, all those, they, they, they all wait till the season's over because all these factors kind of play into that. So yeah. Um, I, I almost think it's likely that if they're not there number one and they're at number two, it wouldn't be out of the realm that Casario would start fielding calls about, hey, do you want do you want a quarterback? You know, use this as a scenario to go maybe build out more around the team. But having two first round picks already since the Browns is there, I mean, how many first round picks can you get? Um, there's, uh, it, it, I'm talking myself into trades, but yeah, man, you you really got to. Another so the what you're gonna go and try and find a stopgap quarterback try and what get Garoppolo now that his contract's up I, I I don't know I don't know if the fans also would agree with that either because yeah. you can see all these people that are not there I mean it was exactly. fancy Sunday again so yeah you bring in you bring in a quarterback you get people excited you get the new coach that wants to coach that quarterback start selling more season tickets and meeting the means of building the team back so you got to get that quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I keep... How many teams are having success with these top gap quarterbacks? Not many of them, right? You see, team like the Colts struggling, can't haven't found their answer. Washington struggling, haven't found their answer. I think it would be a great mistake if they passed up on a guy like Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud if they think that those guys have the potential to be franchise quarterbacks. I think it'd be a mistake to pass up on those guys. But you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. So. You know, so the the other thing I want to ask you, and I know this would be probably part of your story, but like from those that I've read, and uh, you know, uh, there's guys like Dane Brugler and others who are kind of evaluating Bryce Young. He's he's a very pure passer who works well under pressure. Um, you know, Stroud seems to you know get a little uh, antsy whenever he's got pressure or it's 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 late game and such. I mean, like in the Ohio State games this year, I mean Saturday he played really well, but um, there are more examples of him, uh, you know, maybe in, in, in his spots, like not working as mechanically well, his foot work in the pocket, looking comfortable. If, if they have to go and pick a guy like him or Levis or someone else that needs coaching, that all the more necessitates finding an offensive coach who you can trust to, to get him going. And that's worth bringing up because Pep Hamilton was brought up to ensure that Davis Mills would continue to progress and he's regressed. So from what I said earlier about maybe that influencing whether Lovey Smith stays, it probably would maybe even make it more of a point to move on from to another coach, knowing that you'd have to maybe get a coach who grooms him even further. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, one more week for the season and well, a lot will happen probably within the next few weeks. We'll have our answer uh, soon. But thanks for listening to us. As always, please, to read more of our work, go on HoustonChronicle.com slash sports and subscribe. See y'all next week.